This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Sorry, we are a little delayed today on the podcast. I am out in Nashville, as you know, and we had to do, well, I'll just tell you, we had to do a promotional photo shoot for the Clay and Buck show. So that took up all morning. I had no chance to get to the pod. But here we are now, so I'm uh, excited to be able to uh, talk to all of you, as we always do. The pod will be here for you. Once in a while, it might be a little delayed but we're going to get into it all together in just a moment. we got Americans stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. How many Biden voters are regretting their decisions, plus the backlash against vaccine passports in NYC? COVID boosters are now official for everybody. They want you to get them. And Carrie Underwood liked an anti-mask tweet from Matt Walsh. Oh, no. Everyone's all freaked out about that. Well, on the left, of course, because they're crazy and they have nothing better to do. But first... Big tech monitors us, censors us, deplatforms us. Conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. On Get R, you can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Get R, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Get R is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. GetR is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including prominent conservatives like Mike Pompeo, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve Bannon, and yes, me, Buck Sexton. Join GetR today. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and at GetR.com. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike the Silicon Valley oligarchs, GetR will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join GetR. It is time to cancel, cancel culture. Oh, my, the Biden administration is not exactly a group of steely-eyed, fearsome foreign policy experts, right? The, the Biden administration is looking absurd because of what is going on in Afghanistan. And it, it's also pretty terrifying to think that this is who is in charge of the country right now. I mean, that much, at least to me, is clear. But they're going to try to pretend that this is not the utter debacle that it is. Uh, because it's going to have real political ramifications for Biden down the down the line if it continues as it is right now. But here is Ambassador Linda Thomas Greenfield saying that they have written a strongly worded letter to the Taliban. Play one. And we have expressed in no uncertain terms here at the United Nations through a very strongly worded press statement from the Security Council that we expect the Taliban to respect human rights, including the rights of women and girls. We have also indicated that they have to be respectful of humanitarian law. Oh, my gosh. That's right. The Taliban has gotten a strongly worded letter. They're going to be terrified. They're, they're, they know that if the international community thinks that the Taliban is very naughty, what? What exactly is going to happen? This decision by Biden is, and everyone I've talked to from the military side who does planning and understands how an evacuation would work, this is just unfathomably inept and stupid and reckless. You pull out the military before you get out all the civilians? How could anyone think, American civilians I'm talking about here, how could anyone think that that was a plan? How could the Biden administration not have understood that they needed to put out the call, all Americans out, you've got, you know, two weeks or 30 days or whatever, have the military secure not only Kabul airport, but Bagram airport 
have two airfields that you're operating out of. Make sure you have them secured. Make sure you have routes of ingress cleared so that people who need to get out of Afghanistan, our people, Americans, can. But they didn't do that. How is this even... How are we in this place? It's because Biden and his team's a bunch of idiots. Honestly, these people are just not very bright. Here's former Secretary of State Pompeo, who's just saying, look, don't don't think for a second that this is the way it would have been if Trump were the one calling the shots. We had a strategic understanding. We had, we, we, they knew the risk if they pulled the stunt that they pulled these 96 hours, what that would mean for them. We told them we knew where they live. We knew their, where their community was. So the, the first thing we do was we had established American strength, American vigilance, and American power would be brought to bear. So that's the most important thing we would have done differently is we would have demonstrated our resolve to protect and secure Americans and get our people out. Second, we had a understanding about how we were going to execute the sequence. That includes, importantly, President Trump making abundantly clear to all of us we were going to get all of our equipment out, every stitch. Mm. And so we had begun to develop the plans to get that equipment out as well. Lastly, we would have never begun to withdraw our military with so many American civilians still on the ground. This is all pretty straightforward stuff, isn't it? They're not saying anything. Pompeo's not claiming anything that you'd say, well, that that seems like... Monday morning quarterbacking, or that that seems like you couldn't know that in advance. No, this is exactly what you should know in advance. This is exactly the kind of decision-making that you would expect all along. And notice how we also brought up the gear. There are videos now already, photos now circulating of Taliban fighters totally decked out. I mean, head-to-toe in the uh, the, the uh, rifles that the U.S. gave the Afghan military, uh, some of them have very nice, expensive optics on them now. They've got American-made M4s. They've got ACOGs. They've got night vision goggles, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a pair. They got all this stuff. We ended up equipping the Taliban with all of this. That is what has happened right now with vehicles, with jets, with helicopters. The Taliban gets all of it. U.S. taxpayer dollars for that gear and now it all just finds its way into the hands of the Taliban. It's it's just truly mind-blowing. And uh, here you have Jake Sullivan, who's really the, the perfect— I mean, If you were building a liberal national security expert in a lab, it would be this guy Jake Sullivan. I mean, kind of the ultimate sweaty beta male. And he's standing up there saying, well, you know, there could be—we um, could lose some of this gear. It actually might— uh, some of it's going to be in the hands of the Taliban. Play seven. We don't have a complete picture, obviously, of where every article uh, of defense materials has gone, but certainly a fair amount of it has fallen into the hands of the Taliban. And uh, obviously, we, we don't have a sense that they are going to readily hand it over to us at the airport. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. We, we all know this. And, and by the way, even some for even some Democrats are finally seeing what an utter disaster this is and, and just what a complete mess it is top to bottom. Here's uh, Obama's former DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, who also I've actually interviewed. Believe it or not, I interviewed Jay Johnson a few years back when I was at the Hill. I occasionally could get Democrats to sit down with me, even though I was a conservative, because they figured, oh, you're at the Hill. Right. So they wouldn't know. That's how I had Alyssa Milano with her uh, her chihuahua that was trying to 
take a, a, a wee-wee on my feet during the interview. Um, that's how that happened because she didn't know that I was a conservative. And until it was too late, until I was like, wow, you're just really ignorant and dumb, but people listen to you because you're an actress with uh, with some kind of a following. And he, But here's Jay Johnson. Well, what's that? Jay Johnson is is a pretty sharp guy. I mean, he's a Democrat and he's wrong on a lot of things, but he's he's a bright guy and he sees what's going on here as as Biden messing things up. Play nine. It does seem as though we had to rush to get the 6,000 in. We did not anticipate, and the president acknowledged this, we did not anticipate the speed with which the Afghan government would collapse and should the Taliban he have, Should he have anticipated control. it, do you think? Given it, it's difficult to second guess, I don't have the intelligence assessments anymore that I used to read every single day when I was secretary. Yeah. But it does seem as though, given the timeline, given the timeline we were on, that uh, this Afghan government was going to collapse rapidly because of the way in which we, we got out and because of their own inability to fight. The whole thing collapsed like, uh, like collapsed like a tent on toothpicks. Wait, so it's because of the way we got out or is it because of their unwillingness to fight? And, and let's understand something here. If you are faced with, and, and I understand there's a lot of back and forth over this, if you're faced with an onslaught from the Taliban and you no longer have air cover and you decide that it's unlikely you're going to win this fight and you don't really care about the central government of Afghanistan in the first place. The central government of Afghanistan, by the way, clearly didn't care that much about its own people. I mean, Ashraf Ghani didn't go down with the ship, so to speak. He got into a gunship or a helicopter and with $170 million in cash fled the country. It's just such a classic thing, isn't it? You know, one of these governments that's installed somewhere, whether by the U.S. or somebody else, and you have our guy, you know, our man in Kabul, so to speak. And when it comes time to really show what he's got, uh, he's got handfuls of cash and is heading for the Champs-Élysées in Paris, where he's going to be getting a very fancy apartment and going on shopping sprees. You know, I mean, this is this is what has happened here, folks. This is the the situation in which we find ourselves. And. Let's understand this goes beyond the optics question for the Biden administration because of these Americans who are currently in harm's way. Because of what's happening with that, we'd have to sit back and say, well, hold on a minute. This could get a lot worse. We have to take a step back and understand that this we we could be in a situation here where we have thousands of Americans trapped behind enemy lines in Afghanistan at the mercy of the Taliban. God forbid some of them are taken hostage or worse. And we're going to look at the Biden administration and say, this was your plan for ending the war? This was your plan? How can that be possible? And this is also why the inability to understand how long the uh, forces of Afghanistan would actually be able to fight, right? The fact that the Biden administration, uh, by its own admission, wildly overestimated the amount of time that the Afghan National Security Forces would be able to successfully fend off the Taliban, that has enormous implications. That's not just a an academic thing. That's not just a, oh, well, no big deal because it was going to, it was all inevitable. No, it matters a whole heck of a lot because that affected the planning to get out these American civilians. They clearly thought they had a few weeks here where the Biden administration thought they had weeks where they'd be able to reach out, tell Americans, okay, get to Kabul, we're going to get you out. 
and instead they're scrambling. I mean, Jen Psaki was asked today whether she could guarantee, can you guarantee that Americans uh, will, all Americans will be evacuated from Afghanistan? I'm sorry, this was just yesterday, actually. She was asked this at at the press conference, and here's how she responded to the question. Can you guarantee us you're going to get everybody out? Play two. Our focus right now is uh, undoing the work at hand and on the task at hand, and that is day by day getting as many American citizens, as many SIV applicants, as many members of a vulnerable population who are eligible to be evacuated to the airport and out on planes. Uh, And we're going to do that in an expeditious fashion. That is the focus of the president, of our secretary of defense, of our secretary of of state, uh, and everybody on our national security team. Uh, So that that is where we will keep our efforts. That is where we will keep our efforts. Effort, she says. She will not guarantee anything, you will know, because she can't, because we all understand that they're in the midst of a crisis of largely their own creation when it comes to this withdrawal, and they just hope the American people don't figure it out. But like I said, this is not just about the the videos, the photos of Kabul International Airport and Afghan civilians who are desperate to get on planes and, and people even falling from the landing gears to their deaths because they want to get on the planes and the the packed uh, C-17 with you know hundreds and hundreds of Afghans all on top of each other just desperate to get out of the country. Yes, those optics look terrible, and they're telling an important story. we got Americans, thousands, 5, 10, maybe 15,000 of them, very much in harm's way right now and perhaps at the mercy of the Taliban, and this is a disaster. We'll continue to follow the story very closely, of course, here. Uh, you know, born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. To mark 20 years, Tunnel to Towers is gifting America's heroes and their families with 200 mortgage-free homes. To honor the fallen, Chairman and CEO Frank Siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, from the Pentagon to Shanksville, culminating at Ground Zero on 9-11. Towers of Light return to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance, and for the first time, Those we lost to 9-11-related illnesses are being honored at a ceremony on September 12th. On Veterans Day, another first, the soldiers we lost in the war on terror are having their names read aloud. The words, never forget, require action. Do good and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Tunnels of Towers Foundation, T2T.org. COVID passports. In NYC, this is a real thing that is going on right now, enacted today. As you all know, this is why I've had to deal with the the problem of shots uh, in, and getting getting a shot here in New York because otherwise my brother's wedding is this weekend. I'm so excited for it. We're going to have a great time. But, you know, de Blasio could ruin anything. I mean, de Blasio is an utter moron, although he almost seems like a genius when it comes to the destruction of of America's largest city. It seems as though de Blasio has been sitting around uh, with schematics out of how to just destroy New York, you know, from the inside out. He's got the blueprints of destruction in his hands. This guy's such an abject moron. Um, and and this is now, I worry, going to be replicated in many other places in the country. They try these things in New York And then they roll it out elsewhere. They already have uh, San Fran, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Philadelphia, all have signed on for vaccine passport mandates. 
or I guess a vaccine passport is a mandate, but you know what I mean. They've already decided that they're going to institute them. And just think about what this is going to do to, first of all, the small businesses that are involved in all of this, uh, the businesses that are barely able to make ends meet as it is. And we're talking about thousands of restaurants all across America, but particularly in these blue lockdown areas, that if they've made it to this point, because there are many thousands that, as you know, did not make it. If those restaurants made it to this stage, they're barely getting by in many cases. Hard to find workers because Biden and the Democrats want to pay them more to stay home. I just had a husband and wife from New Jersey come up and talk to me. You know, they wanted to chat about politics and stuff because, you know, they saw me here in Nashville and uh, they they were telling me that they can't get they are a small business. They run a small business. They can't get workers to show up. And remember, it's people say, oh, they should pay them higher wages. It's not I can make twelve dollars if I go to this job or fifteen dollars if I go to another job. It's I make X amount of dollars if I do nothing and stay home. Right. Think about the value proposition here. If someone says to you, you can work eight hours a day and make, uh, you know, you you can make two hundred dollars. Let's I mean, this is not I'm just making up numbers here. You can work eight hours a day and make two hundred dollars or you can stay home and do nothing and make one hundred and fifty dollars. A lot of people are still going to choose one hundred and fifty dollars. They say, okay, I mean, I get to stay home. That's what we're dealing with right now. A lot of people that are not incentivized to go and take some of these jobs that are out there because it's not a question. It's not the labor market competing with the labor market. It's the labor market competing with free as in your your freedom from having to do any work in a sense. Right. And still getting paid money. So that's that's a major challenge. But then also the enforcement of this. I mean, you're already seeing photos of it in New York and I'm going to be back in New York City in uh, about 24 hours, you're seeing uh, enforcement of it where they have people standing outside. And not only is it the vaccine passport, but it is the ID that has to go along with it. So New York Democrats, de Blasio and the idiots around him have set up a situation where for any for access to any public building, you need to have. For any public building, you need to have ID unless it's about voting, because then that's racist. And speaking of racism, the Democrats are now barring more than half of New York City residents who are African-American from essentially any meaningful participation in public life and life of the city. More and more people are going to be told, sorry, you can't come in. And there will be disproportionately minorities in New York. So this is not a small issue. This is a huge problem, a huge challenge right now that's coming out. And uh, that that brings me to vaccines. First of all, with vaccines, uh, you you know that now the boosters are mandated because it turns out that vaccines lose their these these vaccines. And people are saying, oh, but they're not even fully FDA approved. I know. I know. I'm just. You know, I'm dealing with what we're what we're seeing. I mean, they, they're calling it a vaccine. You could argue maybe that it's more therapeutic than a vaccine. It's essentially a treatment. It's a, along the lines of, tam, you know, it's closer to Tamiflu for some people in some way. Now, that's not really fair because the technology involved and the fact that it is very effective for the first few months. But it's not like you get it and you're good for 10 years. You know, this isn't 
booster shots for tetanus where you expect that you'll get, you know, every 10 years you get them. By the way, tetanus is very rare. And do whatever your doctor says. Don't listen to me, but tetanus is actually something. It's tetanus, rabies. These are things that are scary to us, but are actually quite rare. Uh, so they've already admitted that they, they have to deal with this now. They have to get people to get boosters. So that brings us to the recognition that even if you are supposedly fully vaccinated, you are actually just fully vaccinated for now. There is no such thing as fully vaccinated when boosters are required. They're saying every eight months because I think it just would look bad if they said every six, but it's really going to turn into every six months. And does that mean, by the way, that if you're not up to date on your booster shot, you're going to be barred from restaurants and bars in places like New York and other cities? Now, this is the part you're really not going to want to hear, but I got to tell you, what do you think happens to the crazy libs out there, the lockdown Fauciite types? When they start to really see what's already clear from the data, which is that the vaccines start to lose potency and effectiveness pretty quickly, uh, when they start to see that, what do you think happens in their mind? Do you think they say, wow, maybe we've been wrong about a lot of this stuff? Maybe we have oversold to the public our knowledge about how to deal with this virus, our ability to shut down this virus. Maybe we need a rethink. Of course, that is not what they are going to do. Of course, that is not going to be their focus. What they're going to, what their mentality will transition to is, oh my gosh, everybody has to get the shot now. We're going to need more powerful federal vaccine mandates. And this is why I think that going into this winter, there will be a booster shot campaign and there will be a an accompanying uh, federal mandate for travel, for air travel. So they're going to say, everybody's got to get boosters. Oh, by the way, you also need to at least have a shot to get on an airplane for domestic flights that, you know, go state to state. That's what they're going to say. I, I really can feel it coming because otherwise you got to you got to remember if you're somebody that's terrified, you're still wearing a mask when you're outside. Oh, my gosh, I'm going for a jog. I live in Santa Monica and I'm outside and there's fresh air. And I for a second, my mask slipped down, you know, people that really and there's a lot of it. I mean, this is a mass mental illness now. There's a lot of people out there who just can't be reasonable or rational about this stuff for them when they find out that the vaccine that. They already know doesn't work well enough that they don't need masks, right? The, the CDC had to change their tune on that one. But now they're going to find out, yeah, it turns out that you're you're down way, way down in vaccine effectiveness after six months, after eight months. Their desire to control everybody and make all of us do whatever they think will make them safer is going to just hit overdrive. I mean, they're they're going to freak out. And that's where I think you're going to see a whole lot more of the push for the federal government to come down. So for anybody who's thinking, oh, but I'm not I don't have to worry that much about this. Um, I'm somebody who lives in a red area, red state, whatever. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I've been telling you for a long time what happens in New York gets replicated across the country for the lockdowners. That's what's going to happen here. Boosters, vaccine passports. You can see it all unfolding right now. And uh, by the way, you know, Trump spoke about vaccines. He was on Hannity's show and uh, and how proud he is of it. Play 15. 
As far as the vaccine, I'm very proud of it. I push the FDA like they've never been pushed. They don't like me too much. I'm not so sure I like them. Very bureaucratic. But I got them to approve a great vaccine, three of them, in a period of less than nine months. I was told by Fauci and everybody else it would take three to five years and probably five, and it probably won't even happen. And I got it done in less than nine months. So I consider it a great achievement. I actually think that if we didn't get it done worldwide, you would have another Spanish flu, which killed almost 100 million people, according to history. So Trump is a big proponent of the vaccine. Let's let's all remember that. But for choice in the vaccine, right, for choice for people who are at risk to choose to get it. But you you won't hear the corporate media, the Democrat aligned corporate media spend any time on that they'd rather pretend that trump is an anti-vaxxer which is just not true trump got the vaccine himself his family members have gotten the vaccine so that's i think another critical component of looking at this and looking at it honestly the media has been so full of crap on this all along and they're they're just utterly shameless i mean they really have they have no interest whatsoever on mending their ways because this is an important enough thing that it shouldn't be about politics for them it's always it's about politics because it's about power and access and money and that's what motivates the democrat aligned media that and some degree of brainwashed ideology but that's a conversation we'll get into more another time so one problem i have with being on the road which is i am right now i'm doing the show from nashville instead of my usual nyc freedom hut is that i can't bring my my pillows along with me i gotta go with whatever the hotel's got for me and my pillows are a game changer for my sleep. They have been for a long time. And the Giza Dream sheets are amazing. Plus, you know, there's my towels, there's my slippers, there's even my robes, all of which are much better than what I've got here in the hotel. So I miss my my pillow products from Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to get back to New York City for a lot of reasons, brother's wedding and so on, but also because I'm going to have my my pillows again. I'll sleep better, I'll be more comfortable. Listeners like you have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company it is today. And Mike wants to give back to you by giving you great discounts right now on all MyPillow products. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special Square, you'll see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets, but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK. That's promo code BUCK for these amazing radio specials. Again, MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com right now and use that promo code BUCK. This was a great one. I, I didn't even uh, tease this. Be- well, let me let me get to what I did tease, then I'll get to this. Uh, first, uh, Carrie Underwood, who's a very lovely country, country singer, country music star, liked a Matt Walsh tweet about his anti-mask stance, and it trended on Twitter yesterday. I mean, there was there's such a a frenzy from the mask mandate libs. They really are. They're kind of like the mask Taliban. Although I know the Taliban does like, well, they like to mask up women, uh, but they are like the mask Taliban in that if you break from the orthodoxy, if you do not go along with what they demand of you, they completely flip out. Can you imagine being so pathetic in life? I mean, this is one of the problems with libs. I believe that liberalism is a, a sign of some kind of uh, emotional, uh, emotional deficiency, perhaps some kind of anxiety disorder. I think that I think that if you have an anxiety disorder, you're much more likely, I mean, a severe one, you're much more likely to be a liberal. Or maybe liberalism is just an anxiety disorder. 
But because psychiatrists are also left wing, they'll never admit that this is true. But I'm quite confident that it is. Uh, but, yeah, can you imagine going through life caring about what a country music star likes on Twitter, like presses the like button on Twitter and you flip out about it and you're like, oh, my gosh, she should be canceled and all this other stuff. It's just so sad, isn't it? It's so absurd. But there's a lot of absurdity and sadness when it comes. I think liberals are also generally unhappy. They may present themselves on social media as living these great lives. Oh, I just got back from Ibiza and I just love partying. And oh, my gosh, I'm going to the Obama Martha's Vineyard birthday and I'm so cool. Whatever. No, they're very sad, lonely people a lot of the time because you think about what they believe in and who they attach themselves to in public life. Anyway, obviously, I'm not a big proponent of being a lib. Um, Speaking of libs, the worst of all, perhaps. Well, that's that's a very strong statement. The worst of all in Canada, there we go, is uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is a male feminist, as you know, and he is just the most annoying beta male on the planet. And here he is making up words. I've never even heard this before, but he's talking about how we can get the how we can get the economy turned back on in Canada. Canada's a great country. Americans, we love Canadians. They're they're our brothers and sisters. We all know that. But uh, they've got a jackass for a prime minister. And here is Trudeau. I know. I wish he had a French accent. He'd be cooler if he did. Uh, but here he is talking about the she session. Play 21. It is exactly the example of the kinds of things you need to do to counter the she, se- the she session and turn it into a she covery. Fact is, uh, the conservatives don't talk about that in their lengthy platform. Oh, we need... To counter the she session, meaning, I guess, women in the workforce after COVID or something like this. But can you imagine being this guy? Can you imagine going through life, calling yourself a male feminist, which he does, but also then having a real predilection for putting on blackface over and over and over again at parties, as Justin Trudeau did. He is, the, in many ways, the quintessential beta male liberal, and he's the prime minister of Canada, which needs to end. So we need to get a better prime minister for you, Canada. That's going to be the show for today. Make sure you go to bucksexon.locals.com. Subscribe there. Post going up. And uh, trying to really have that be a Team Buck community. So go to bucksexon.locals.com. And please be a supporter, a subscriber. Uh, Back with you tomorrow here from Nashville. Shields high.